Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Right. Are we ready for the Word of God? Yeah? Well, let me tell you something. This guy... He's a good friend of mine. He's my brother, Simon. He's actually younger than me, but he's a bit like an older brother to me, really. And we are great friends. And uh, I'm excited just because of that, because I know him. But, you know, he is an entrepreneur. He runs his own business. And I've been to some of his events, and I've heard him speak on business and to business people. And he's great. He's brilliant. He's naturally gifted in that anyway. But you know, when he's in church, you can see the anointing of God all over him. The Father's heart, the love, wanting people to grab hold of truth and revelation. And so this morning, as I introduce Simon, I just encourage you to open your ears to what he's got to say. And allow God and the Holy Spirit to speak to you through his words. Come on, Simon, let's have you. Amen. Bless you. That's the nicest intro I've ever had. Thank you. It's always amazing when they big up the God in you. That makes me feel good. The business stuff's great, but when they big up the God in me, that's uh, that's really special. Have you got your Bible, Kate? Can I borrow it again, please? Need to prop my iPad up. Thank you. (laughs) We we did this last time. There we go. Our times, have, our times have changed. It's not blasphemy, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a thing that we do. Thanks, Kate. Okay, so this morning I'm going to be preaching about a subject that's quite serious, but I'm going to try and make it as fun as I can. Um, I'm preaching about peace this morning, peace. We all like a bit of peace, don't we? Yeah? A lot of peace. So the question for you is, how do you react to conflict? How do you react to conflict? If me and the gaffer started scrapping right about now, how would you react? Would you feel awkward, uneasy? Would you want to get in the way in the situation? Would you like to scarper and get as far away from this situation as possible? Would you join in? Come on! Would you join in? Would you join in? That's the question. Would you shout louder than us in order for us to shut up so you're heard? Or would you step in, try and calm the situation down, listen to both sides of the argument and try and help us reach a resolution? I think we'd all like to say the last one, but who knows? The title of my message this morning is, although it's all kind of early, is, are you a peacekeeper or a peacemaker? You may say, so they're the same thing, aren't they? They're not the same. They're not the same. I said, Soph's asked me this morning, she said, what are you preaching on then? I said, oh, you're not going to know the difference between these. Oh, you're a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. And she pretty much gave me the full Google <laughs> bi- bi- biblical definition of both. And I was like, wow, yeah, it's like you just wrote the message. So, I mean, I was dumbfounded when I found this. I was like, wow, nobody knows this. This is amazing. But it turns out everybody was, was nodding. Kate was amen. <laughs> so, anyway, it's a good subject. So, they have... They both have similarities between the two, uh, and they can both be 
effective in their different ways for sure. But the Bible is very clear which one that we should be. In Matthew 5 verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. The message translation reads, You are blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of competing or fighting. I hate competing. I'm one of the least competitive people ever. Even if I like to have fun, I like to score goals or I like to win a monopoly. I hate, hate competing because if I'm competing, it means that I want to win over somebody. And that's always made me feel a bit uneasy. I just, my wiring is not like that because it means the other person is losing and it means I'm getting one up on them. And I hate that. The Bible's quite clear that we can cooperate instead of competing or fighting. That's when you will discover who you really are and your place in God's family. I believe this is a serious message, but it's a message that I think God wants us to hear, learn from, and put into action in our everyday lives. Now, when I preach, yes, I like to make it flamboyant and a little bit funny sometimes, but that's only to make it relatable. It's to make it less serious. But I always try to preach on what can help us out in our everyday lives. Otherwise, it's just a Bible bit of inspiration that we can think, oh, that's amazing in the half an hour that we're listening to it in church. But I want to make this as relatable like I always do so we can use this in our everyday lives because it's helped me prepping it and I'm sure and I'd like it to help you in everyday life as well but conflict is everywhere you don't have to go very far to find it it's on TV it's on the news heck it's even in the Bible it's in the queue at Tesco's it's at the school gates it's in the workplace and it might even be in your families or your personal relationships conflict is unavoidable So how do we deal with it? Are we a peacemaker or a peacekeeper? Let's look at the attributes of both. So a peacekeeper is a person that reacts to the threat of emerging conflict. Basically, it's fight or flight mode for them. There's no in between. It's go time, baby, or it's nothing. They try and avoid it at all costs. Or they run in, all guns blazing, fighting fire with fire. Peacekeepers also try to keep situations from getting worse. I couldn't find this video, but I had a video in mind. Uh, me and Sarah were talking about it as we were chatting about this message. And it's, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's a guy in the sea or a river. And he's got a mop bucket and he's trying to mop the, the sea. And then you can see, well, mate, you know, you're urinating in the wind here. It's, nothing's going to happen. And it's the same with this. You can't avoid these situations. Being a peacekeeper is just not going to be effective in this area. Peacekeepers are fearful of the consequences of not keeping the peace. Peacekeepers will often make their own personal sacrifices to try and keep the peace. Peacekeepers love compromise. But what is God? You know, peacekeepers love compromise, but is this where God wants us to be? Is this who God wants us to be in compromising situations? Because compromising situations sometimes can bound you up. They can entangle you into situations and circumstances that you probably wouldn't find yourself in if you didn't allow them to compromise you, you and your life. But can we truly be who God wants us to be by being in that situation? You see, in the face of it, these all seem really admirable, right? They do. Keeping the peace, oh, bless you. But is it? I don't know if it is. So now let's look at the peacemaker. 
Peacemakers operate in authority of wisdom and in the power of love. So a peacemaker would deal with a conflicting situation with godly wisdom and love. In James 3, verse 17, it says, but the wisdom comes from heaven. The wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So every single one of my points I wanted to back up, not with my opinion, but what the word of God says. Number two, peacemakers have high hopes. So Romans 15 verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the kind of, that's the kind of peace that I want. You see, it's not a kind of hope that you're hoping that it don't rain tomorrow or you're hoping that you have a good day tomorrow at work. It's bigger than that. It's a godly hope. It's digging deep knowing that he has your back in everything that you're going through. He'll come through for you. We were talking in the men's group with Scott the other day. He was going through a, a, a job interview and we were all standing around you and we were saying the same thing, Scott, that God will come through for you and if it's his will, it will come through and you got a lot of encouragement from that, didn't you? Standing together, yeah. And he was with you every step of the way and still is. That job, in some way, shape, or form, is coming to you, my friend. Peacemakers walk with humility. Finally, all of you, in 1 Peter verse 8, it says, finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. You see, a peacemaker doesn't think that they are the big I am. They don't search for opportunities to become the solution to everybody's problems. They strive to listen and show outward compassion with gentleness and heart. I told you this message was a little bit different. It's peaceful. Number four, peacemakers understand what is necessary for true peace to be created. Hebrews 12 verse 14, it says that make every effort to live in peace with everybody to be holy. Because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. He says, make every effort. Don't run away and bury your head in the sand. This is a daily practice. This is our blueprint. This is our calling that God wants us to, to walk in our lives. In a world where conflict is everywhere, he is calling our church, us as a church, the church, to be peacemakers. Notice that Jesus didn't say, blessed are the peace wishers. Blessed are the peace hopers. Oh, I know why you're laughing now, because this is based what you was preaching on a couple of weeks ago, isn't it? What Jesus didn't say. I love that. I'm still talking about that now. It's brilliant. Just preached a great word on what Jesus did not say. So yeah, let's start again on that one. Blessed are the peace wishers. He didn't say that. He didn't say blessed are the peace hopers. He didn't say blessed are the peace dreamers or blessed are the peace lovers. He didn't say that. He didn't say blessed are the peace talkers. Oh no. Peace must be made. Peace never happens by chance. A peacemaker is never passive. They always take the initiative. Peace is a verb. They're up and doing. They're taking action. We cannot be a true peacemaker by avoiding conflict 
honesty or tense situations. Now it's getting uncomfortable. We're not peacekeepers, we're peacemakers. Jesus is the greatest example of what it is to be a peacemaker. He was given the name, the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9, 6. Jesus is the supreme peacemaker. You see, Jesus came to establish peace. His message explained peace. His death purchased peace. And his resurrected presence enables peace, 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 peace. But his life was anything but peaceful. Jesus was constantly, constantly engaged in conflict, challenging the beliefs of the religious leaders, confronting sin, questioning the disciples, and preaching despite persecution. But through the tension, Jesus was able to set people free and show them the true way. He saved their lives by being willing to rock the boat. To give a lasting peace. You see, when we read the words, blessed are the peacemakers that Jesus says, it's very easy to think, well, that's nice. But peacemaking is not nice. Peacemaking is messy and it's hard work. It takes time and a lot of emotional energy. It's like trying to cross a raging river. It's a journey. It's risky. You might end up getting absolutely soaked. It might be uncomfortable. You might smash your knee against a rock. You might not even make it to the other side of the river. But it's, but it's a command. Blessed are the peacemakers. God is urging us. God is saying that at the other side of being a peacemaker... Is blessing. And blessing feels good. Blessing is good. Because blessing covers a multiple of fantastic God-given areas. So let's look at three points that can help us become less of a peacekeeper and more of a peacemaker. Number one is honesty produces harmony. Honesty can be hard for a peacekeeper. Not because they don't have opinions or feelings, but because they don't know how the person is going to receive them. It's tough. They're scared or fearful of what the other people or the other person might think. A peacekeeper will often disregard their own thoughts or feelings in fear of someone disagreeing with them or taking offense. Anybody else ever been there? I know I have. But the truth is, there will always be a risk of disagreement when you share your thoughts and ideas with other people. Always. Who's God called us to be? To be a peacemaker. However, there is also a chance that with your honesty with somebody, that they'll actually get value from that and it might change people's lives. But being truly honest needs to be done in love. Always needs to be done in love. It allows your words to encourage, challenge, and give insight. And it creates space as well to learn through somebody else's perspective. It's good to listen. Brings peace, brings resolution. Your honesty can also help others find harmony in their lives. So let's pick a, a random person. 
Rod's always an easy target. He's just a nice guy, isn't he? He's never going to give me any back chat. Um, if Rod was to come up to me and tell me that his wife was constantly nagging him, this is not a true story, by the way. They've got a great marriage. But she's... Yeah. Hey, close. Don't listen to him, Lynn. But if Rod was to come and say that, you know, his wife is constantly nagging him, and he explained the situation to me, but I could clearly see that he was part of the problem or a large part of the problem. But I'm worried, if I'm honest with him, that he might react in the way that I don't want him to or he might be offended. I've got two choices here. I either listen to him, pat him on the back and say, sorry about that, mate, it must be really tough. Or I say in love and out of relationship, I can see what's happening here. Maybe this is the problem. Why don't you try and change this, that and the other and see if that helps? You see, by being a peacemaker that God has called us to be, you may save somebody's marriage. You may save somebody from making a horrible mistake. It's very important that we embark on this journey of being a peacemaker. We must be here for one another as church. We must look out for each other. And honestly, we just need to be honest with each other. That's what we're about. That's what families are for. But let's not think that this message gives license for people to just go around and say whatever they want, just being honest. It's not the case. No, no, no. It must be done out of love and relationship. Also, we must stop talking to people about people that have hurt us or others. Nothing disqualifies us more in being peacemakers than talking about people rather than to people. Oh, that one stung, didn't it? There is an old proverb that says, whoever gossips to you will gossip of you. A peacemaker never says anything about another person that he or she wouldn't say to the person direct. A person does not gossip but produces a peacemaker, sorry, does not gossip, but produces harmony from honesty. And the reason why I'm not dancing around the stage and coming to the front and doing that thing where I stare at you is because I want to really home in and get this message across. It's different styles of preaching, but I'm reading from this because this is from my heart. It's from Sarah's heart. She's contributed to this as well. And we've prepared this message together because these lessons are mind-blowing. For me, anyway. God is speaking. Be a peacemaker and not a troublemaker. Always do it in love. Two, disagreement doesn't mean disrespect. Thank you for these lessons, Lord. People will argue about anything, anything. I could have an in-depth conversation with anybody in this room and eventually there'd be a topic that we disagree on. Okay, there you go. It took me a while to click. He's actually, yeah, I get it. I thought, it's not an amen, what does he mean? <laughs> That's just life. That's just life. Some people seem to love an argument. You may have somebody in your life that's argumentative. You might even be the argumentative one. Hey? Those who have social media will know that there are keyboard warriors out there ready to pounce on anybody, anybody um, who has a different opinion to theirs. They're pouncing on anybody that disagrees with something that they say. But there is a way to confront or disagree with somebody without it turning ugly. In the midst of disagreement, there should be truth and love. 
We should speak honestly about what we believe to be true while still giving value to that other person and what they're saying. Appreciate them. Paul says in Ephesians 4.15 to the church of Ephesus, he said, instead, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Quite often, in disagreement, we will either choose one or the other, truth or love. But the power comes from using them both simultaneously. We must have boldness to be honest about the truth and the maturity to be attentive instead of defensive. So, for instance, Sarah tells me off, but she does it in love. This woman's been an amazing mentor and coach and great wife and good friend to me and has helped me for a lot of bad situations on our walks with the dog and we chat about everything, everything. And she has told me straight sometimes. What I love about her, she's, she's brutally honest, but in such a loving, beautiful way where she gets me, she knows the way I'm wired, she don't go in too deep, she, she, she worms her way in nicely and then delivers the truth and I'm like, I am gutted on my knees, but I feel so loved and appreciated at the same time. Honestly. Yeah. When, when you are bold enough to be honest and truthful, and you use maturity, and you are attentive, it helps the other person, such as me, not be defensive. Because I trust her. There's love and relationship. And she knows the right things to say at the right times in the right way to me. Number three is peacemaking is proactive. As we mentioned, sorry, peacemaking is proactive. As we mentioned earlier, peacekeeping looks like we're letting things slide. Turning a blind eye to avoid any kind of confrontation or upset. And they, this may seem harmless, but this kind of behavior can eventually lead to injustice, open wounds, bitterness, and relationship breakdown. Because you can only bite your tongue for so long before you explode. Might be at work, might be in your families, could be in church. Can only bite your, bite your tongue for so long. Got to be a peacemaker. There is a time to let things go, but there is also a time to speak up and take action. This might set you free in a couple of areas that you're struggling with. Being a peacemaker is all about actively reconciling. Are we actively seeking to reconcile to God and one another? Putting two friends back together on speaking terms, restoring unity within a family, or making amends with a brother or sister. There's nothing more beautiful. Nothing more beautiful. Are we proactively working through conflict to reach a true resolution? Or have we given up hoping that it will just go away? It's very important for us to remember that not every conflict results in both parties agreeing. But two parties can peacefully agree to disagree while respecting and honoring each other. In Romans 12 verse 8, Paul reminds the believers, if, if, if it is possible. Paul didn't say if three times, but I did. Just to emphasize the point, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. 
We are to live at peace with everybody. That is a clear command. But Paul adds the importance, if it is possible. Because sometimes it's not possible. There are those people in our lives that pick fights with everybody that they meet. They cannot always live at peace with anybody. But where we can, we should work to promote peace and strive to reach it. So for instance, I've recently had a breakthrough with my dad. So my dad walked out of the, my life when I was two months into a three-year chemo journey. I was on a hospital bed last time he seen me. I've never seen him since. And I could never understand how a father could do that to his son. And at the time, I thought, well, I'm a bloke. I'll just crack on and get on with it. I buried it. I peace kept and just thought it will go away. But it didn't. It ate away at my very soul. It was horrible. I'd been let down by somebody who should have been looking after me and looking out for me and encouraging me and being there in the time of weakness, but it wasn't. So I had a choice. I can't see him. I can't try and make peace with him. But what I can do is give it to God. Give it to God. And I gave it to God and let him heal and restore my heart. And now I've chosen to make peace with my father. If I saw him in the street, I'd shake his hand and give him a cuddle. Does he deserve it? Not in human's eyes, but in God's eyes, yes. Would I go to his funeral? I've got a lot of my siblings that say if he dies, he's not been a very nice man. He's an alcoholic and he's, he's caused a lot of damage, although he's been a great man in the past. He's not made some good choices now. And they all say, oh, I'm not going to his funeral. And me and Sarah discussed it before because he can't have many more years left the way he drinks and smokes. But I think I would. I'd go to his funeral and I'd say some nice things because I'm in that place. I remember the good in him. I see the struggles and I'm able to see it from a godly perspective. A person in my position in the natural should not be loving on his dad like this, but I do. I love the bloke. So, mum, if you're watching, I still love you too, but I've had breakthrough in this area. It's no, no offense to you. It's, uh, it's just where I've come to in God. So you can make peace, even if it's difficult, and even if the person is either dead or not in your life for you to actually meet them and make peace with. And I tell you what, the more that you get that breakthrough the enemy has been cut off straight away because that's the biggest legal license that he has on you. That deep, deep legal license in the background going, you can't let go of that. No, you can. And as soon as you do, chop, 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 chain's gone, you are free. And that's what God wants for you. Amen. Thank you. In closing, so let's remember these three things. I put our voice, but I want to say your voice because I really want you to get this. Your voice Opinions, convictions, and beliefs matter. They may change somebody's life and lead them to eternity. Let's not bury our head in the sand. We are capable of speaking truth. You are capable of speaking truth and even disagreeing in love. And number three, let's listen to the Holy Spirit in those moments when it's time to speak up and let him guide us and direct us. Because there's so much war, so much strife, so much pain that exists in the world, so much. And this means that we've got a lot of work to do, you and I, a lot of work to do. Will we take up the mantle of being a peacekeeper? That's a question we've got to walk out of this place with. Every tiny step, every pure action receives God's blessing. Blessed are the peacemakers. 
May we aim to live our lives actively making peace instead of just trying to keep it. Amen. Bless you.